Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Bassist and educator Brad Fuller began playing professionally at age 15 and toured in rock bands after leaving school. He studied jazz at the QLD Conservatorium of Music and improvisation at the Victorian College of the Arts before settling in Sydney in 1994. During the 90s, he worked as a musician touring the Asia-Pacific region, playing every type of gig at least once, from Greek weddings to the Acer Arena. Brad began his career teaching electric bass guitar at the famous Bass Player Store in Sydney in 1994 and added classroom music teaching in 1996. Convinced that IT could revolutionize education, he began presenting IT seminars for teachers in 2000, leading to his current PhD study in blended learning at Sydney University. Brad holds an MA in adult education and an ASG National Excellence in Teaching Award. He is currently Director of Music at Northern Beaches Christian School, and I am thrilled that he's a guest on our show this week. Thank you so much, Brad, for joining us today. I would love to start out by asking you, when I visited you almost a year ago and had a tour of your incredible facility, you told me the story about how you got to Northern Beaches Christian School. I'd love for you to start out by just telling us uh, how you got uh, to this incredible school. Great. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Great to talk to you. Uh, so I was initially, uh, I, it's, a, it's a nice story. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. So the business manager of Northern Beaches Christian School is a bass player and I'm a bass player uh, and he had a challenging gig. So he came to see me at, at my previous school and came into my music classroom and said, wow, this is nice. I'd like one of these at my school. Hmm. And we kind of, kind of left it at that. So I found myself just popping up. Uh, it was just a school. His, the Northern Beaches was just down the road from where I was. I found myself popping up just in the afternoons after school, uh, just walking into their music space and, and dreaming with them. Uh, and that was really the, as far as I thought it would go. Uh, then at the end of the year, uh, I had an opportunity to go to work with them uh, as a consultant on redesigning their space. And this time was was a paid position. So they had a double classroom And uh, the dream was, what if we knocked the walls out so that we could form a, uh, essentially an auditorium that would form every kind of function that you could ever dream of uh, for, I guess, what used to be known as a music classroom, but we haven't really got a name for what it actually turned out to be. So (laughs) I initially just went up there to, uh, to help them redesign their space. But as I began to redesign the space, I quickly learned that there was uh, there was more going on that I'd, I'd bargained for. And over the course of two years, uh, we realized that we were 
weren't just redesigning a space, but we we were rethinking the way that we might teach music. Uh, and so after two years, rather than being a consultant designing a space for a school, uh, I was a teacher designing a space for myself <laughs> and my That's great. Can you, um, because this is an audio podcast, can you describe, uh, I mean, maybe later on we could share some web links, but can you just describe the space? Because I told everybody I knew about it when I got back to the States after visiting with you. So yeah, if you could just paint the picture with words of what that classroom looks like, it'd be great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough gig to explain. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the Trekkies would say it's, it's music education, but not as we know it. It's a music classroom, but not as we know it. Uh, and so I should probably, uh, I should definitely do a shout out to my colleague, Peter Orenstein. So he and I have, uh, are on this journey together. Uh, and by knocking the walls out between the two classrooms means that uh, Peter and I can teach all of the students all of the time together. So the basic principle was that uh, I'm, I'm a musician, a uh, performing musician, and so is Peter. So we really think about music as uh, as a place where people do music rather than so rather than learning about music, uh, you do music. So music is an active thing. So the centerpiece of our classroom is a stage. Uh, so we learn about music from uh, from the stage on the stage. Uh, we write music with a view to playing it. Uh, we play music for audiences uh, and. So I guess we designed a space where uh, students could do music rather than hear about it. And then what is um, every, everything about your space uh, is just uh, incredible to me around the perimeter of, of you, this, this double classroom, if you will, there were, how many recording studios? And, and, and tell us about the names of those spaces. I, just, I, I still am, am, am going on with everybody I meet about it. Well, even that's difficult, isn't it? Because what's a recording studio in 2019? Right. Uh, uh, I was just having a conversation with a guitar teacher who has a student who just recorded some music with him in his guitar lesson uh, and then went back with his bandmates to his bedroom and published it to Spotify and has had 10,000 streams since uh, the school holiday. Wow. So, so what's, what's a recording studio, hey? Exactly. But you, you have equipment in there, which uh, is it a jam hub and a drum set and bass and guitar keyboards? Is that right, if I remember? Yeah, that's it. So I guess the, assen the, the essential concept is, uh, it, is everybody's in a band. And so we've just started our, uh, we start high school here in, in year seven. So we've just inducted our year seven students into show business. So uh, the first thing that you do when you walk into our classroom is uh, you receive your welcome to show business welcome. Uh, and then you form your first, form your first band. So we, we have all of our students working all the time, uh, whether they're doing uh, learning about uh, or whatever they're doing, they're doing it in a band. Uh, we talk about being in a band as a state of mind, uh, and then the music comes. So, uh, so everybody's in a band, uh, and then there are spaces within the room where students can go to do the things that musicians need to do. Things like uh, uh, learning your part, demoing a song, uh, 
collaborating on composition in a in a room that, as you said, might have an audio interface hooked up to a uh, a computer with uh, V drums and electric keyboards and those sorts of things. Um, but also really importantly for people who play acoustic instruments like flutes and saxophones, trumpets, violins, etc., we always make sure that we have lots of microphones available so that they can get involved in the recording and writing and performing process uh, as well. And so that uh, acoustic musicians uh, don't think of themselves as acoustic musicians, but they're just part of the team. Uh, and they just happen to use a microphone to get their information into the computer. So there's lots of places where you can go to prepare your music. And then ultimately, uh, as, as I said before, there's a stage in the middle of the room. Uh, and we have a, a concert for students every week. We have an audience of 100 students each week come to see a 40-minute uh, concert. And then uh, we, have, we have the ability to stream our concerts. We have a three-camera show set up in the room uh, at all times. And we can uh, we can broadcast live to YouTube uh, on a whim, uh, and, and when when all of all of that is done, we have uh, two mixing and mastering suites uh, on the side of the room as well. So if students need to do overdubs uh, or polish their performance and um, mix it and master, then uh, they can do that as well. Ah, oh, man. Uh, and so for the people listening who are thinking, well, is this the entire music program at Northern Beaches Christian Academy? Can you talk about, I mean, is this, is, what is the incredible program that you've designed? Is that a component of the whole music program or is it the whole music program? Just, it's a component. Uh, we have the standard concert bands and, uh, uh, the co-curricular program, mm -hmm. uh, but we wanted, uh, and we have a, a primary school uh, at, at our school as well. So we, we're from uh, el elementary to, uh, to to high school. So we have students from the age of five through to eighteen, uh, and we do all of the things uh, outside of the classroom that schools in Australia do outside of the classroom. Like I said, concert bands, uh, individual tuition, uh, a smaller ensembles, those sorts of things. Uh, but we wanted to make classroom music, the compulsory component, magical. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I feel like that's the uh, that's the disruptive space. Right. Uh, so that's why we, uh, we we have a very clear focus on making sure that that everybody at our school uh, music is compulsory. Uh, for 200 hours, I think it is, uh, in the beginning of high school in Australia. Uh, and uh, oftentimes my experience has been that students have to wait till after class uh, to do those extra ensembles to, to have that great experience of music making. Uh, but our big idea was what if they could have that great experience of music making in the compulsory component? Yeah, it's, um, again, uh, I had the absolute uh, pleasure of visiting your, your school, which is, which is gorgeous, and, and your space. And, and for any, uh, um, anyone, I, I'm, I have to figure out a way to get pictures through on this podcast. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that later. But um, so the, the idea that it's compulsory and that and you, I love your welcome to showbiz uh, kind of um, you know, metaphor when they walk in, 
or not even a metaphor, it's real. Here's, are, do these students have any background, uh, you know, experience with the instruments you hand them? And if not, um, how do they learn guitar? How, why don't you take us through that process? Yeah, I, I guess we're all, my, well, Peter and I are interested in what happens next. So a lot of, and, and we're trying to, to, we see our role as broadening and providing opportunities uh, for students to add. So however you come to us, that's great. You might have a, you might have learned Suzuki violin, which is popular in Australia since you were three years old. You might have been in a concert band playing the clarinet since you were eight or 10. Uh, and we say, that's wonderful. What happens next? So we meet those people and we say, well, for you, have you ever played a drum set? So for a clarinetist to sit down and, and play the drums, we think that's really interesting. Mm. We might we might say to the violinist, have you, have you ever plugged your violin into a computer? Uh, and then for the, and I guess, so for those people, we're saying, would you like, why not try something new? Let's add an instrument to your arsenal. Uh, let's add the computer to your range of skills. Uh, have you ever used a, a digital audio workstation? Do you know how to notate music on a computer? And so we see that these students who are coming in to a, our, our program with uh, the, the great foundational skills that they can get through private lessons and, and, uh, and ensembles, uh, we, we see them fly as they add uh, these new skills to their skill set. And then for students who haven't uh, already been captured by the net of, uh, of violins and clarinets and trumpets, then we say, well, there's this, there's this other side of music. It's called jazz and rock and roll. Uh, and there's this, this other cool thing uh, called the computer, and you can use computers to make music. So we hope there we cast the widest net we, we can possibly think of, uh, and we want everybody to come into And so I, I guess that's a great equalizer. So mm -hmm. everybody in our room uh, is learning something new. So, uh, again, the, the, the question I'm sure people listening will have is, how is it physically possible for you and Peter to teach all of these students all these different instruments? And that, I think when I, when I, I think I may have asked you the same question when I was there. So why don't you talk about how these kids actually learn the bass, how they learn the drum set and the guitar, because I just think it's fascinating, your approach. Uh, so we, uh, our, our idea is that you should be able to play in a band with 20 minutes of instruction on an instrument. So rather than this, uh, so, so it's the punk aesthetic, essentially, uh, rather than waiting until, and, and again, uh, traditionally people say, I want to be a musician when I grow up. And we say, well, you're a musician now. We're all musicians. Right. And we're all, we're all trying to get better. So rather than just in case learning, we're doing just in time learning. So that mindset, I think, is massively important. Uh, and so if you're already in a band and you're already a musician, you've always already been welcomed into show business, uh, then you've got a rehearsal in 20 minutes and you're in a band and you've just had a discussion with your band and they've decided that you're going to be the guitarist. So we have a space in the room. Uh, we have two guitarists in a band. Uh, we have a space in the room with a, a beautiful new iPad and a wonderful audio interface, which has a keyboard attached to it where you can go and we've created uh, tiles on the iPad where you just tap it with a finger 
and the tutorial that you need uh, to come to your rehearsal is there and it shows you just enough about how to play a song on the guitar in 20 minutes for you to be able to come to your next your first rehearsal just moments later uh, and we have uh, we, we use technology to allow the guitars and the drums to sound beautiful so it's highly likely that the first time you play the guitar in your rehearsal you're going to make a, a really compelling sound and we hope that that's going to draw you back in for the for the next rehearsal right so the students are doing is it self-paced are they watching videos on those ipads or are you creating those videos yeah we create uh we create specific bespoke arrangements of uh of pieces uh of of classic rock songs essentially um, we do a, our year seven program for example uh is a a romp through uh, from the 1600s until until this year 2006, which is the year our students were born. So we say to you, we're going to tell you everything that's happened up until you were born, and then after that, it's your it's your job. Right. So uh, so yeah, we use we use in flipped learning. So rather than uh, making the the kids do the the flipping at home, we flip it in the classroom. So there's there are videos that Peter and I have made. Uh, of these bespoke arrangements. And rather than teaching everybody to play the guitar at the same time, uh, we teach the the instruments that we need. Sometimes that might be uh, realizing an arrangement of Packerbill's Canon on uh, iPad, uh, right through to uh, playing Smoke on the Water uh, in a rock band. Uh, and everything we do assumes that you've never played that instrument before and we've got 20 minutes to show you how to do it. That's amazing. And so uh, how am I, cause I, I just have so many logistic questions because I, I again, I think that this is, it, it's such a beautiful model that you've created and it's so unique that it, it needs that by the way, everyone listening that this is New York city and, and you get, you get the sirens all the time in the background. So my apologies. Um, but the, the, the program is so unique, but I do think, and I, and I, and I think you would agree, Brad, that it, it's replicable. Um, it, you know, Absolutely. this is, this is something that in my opinion, we should see much more, uh, than, than, uh, this incredible jewel of a program you have. It, it should be, you know, the idea, I mean, yes, you've created, it probably took you a lot of time to create those videos with thoughtfully created arrangements of tunes that are bringing the students through. Uh, the centuries, the decades. Um, but um, I think what I was most struck by when I came to visit your classroom was that it was all student-driven learning. The students knew what to do the minute they walked in the room. Uh, there was kind of a, what, what do you call it? They, they, they sat around and they had like a meeting, is, if I remember correctly. You know, what are the yes. mechanics? When the, and, and the other question I had is, how many students are, you, are, are in that class at once? Uh, it can be up to seven uh, or eight bands of seven members. So uh, seven, eight to 56. So, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it's beautiful and wonderful to be right. a part of. Yeah. Uh, lots of people get freaked out by that because, but the students are, are in bands of seven. So it never feels big. It always feels small. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I grew up on, uh, U.S. sitcoms, many featuring sirens, like we just heard. <laughs> uh, and, and I've always loved the catchphrase. Uh, and I read some really interesting articles about companies that, that uh, build their culture on 
catchphrases or they called them isms. So Pete and I uh, have just developed a, a bunch of isms that w we share and we share with the students. So uh, our driving catchphrases, it, it's all about the gig. So everybody is always getting ready to, we're always writing music or rehearsing music with a view to sharing it because one of our other catchphrases is music with people for people. Hmm. So, so the gig is the great driver that, uh, and we're always, it's, it's coming because that's what, that's life for a musician, isn't it? That's, that's what we do. There's a gig and you better make the deadline. So that is a really beautiful, uh, uh, for propulsive force in our classroom. Uh, and so uh, we don't actually call it the classroom. We call it the main space of our classroom, the green room, because as we know, everything in show business begins and ends in the green room. So <laughs> students sit with their bands in the green room and then they move off to the different places around the classroom uh, as, as required to get ready for the gig. Uh, and we use a station rotation model of blended learning. Uh, and so we've thought about the process of going from having an idea uh, to getting onto the stage. And uh, we call it the sausage factory of creativity. So you just rotate through the stations. Uh, one of those stations might be, uh, as we've just talked about, engaging with a, a, an instrumental tutorial. Another station is a check-in with the teacher where you can talk about the work you've been doing, the background work, uh, like what, is, uh, what was happening in the 60s. Uh, and, but we love to do that. We do that from the standpoint of teenagers. Uh, and we find that our students really respond to uh, that, that period, that beautiful period in, from, from the 50s when, uh, when the teenager found their voice. So uh, they, they, they sit in their green room and, uh, uh, and then everything we do is, uh, is hosted on uh, our virtual space. Uh, we use an iteration of Moodle. And then really the great driver along with Moodle and YouTube, where we host our tutorials, uh, the, the, the grease for the wheels is, is music first. And mm. so rather than broadcasting the information uh, to everybody at the same time, the students can access the, the information through the music first apps when they need it, which means that we can, we can help them with their rehearsals and we can help them, check in when they didn't understand me, uh, the, the content, but we can have a decentralized classroom where everybody's doing something different uh, without actually being uh, constrained by the teacher isn't ready for me to move on yet. Right. So I just love it. The, the, the other thing that I was struck by was, if I remember correctly, is you had a giant clock like with a, a uh, countdown. Yes. Um, yeah. and what happened, um, and, and, and I'd love for you to describe it, but from my memory is that this clock was counting down at the end of that without you having to say, all right, everybody, can I have your attention? It's time to move. The kids knew. So whenever that clock counted down, they rotated to the next activity. Um, you know, what, what's the, the, what was your kind of idea behind that? Is, is it that blended learning um, you know, you have, I mean, how many minutes are they with you? It's, it's, I have so many questions. That's yeah, that's, a, that's a really beautiful thing. We, we have them, we have all of our classes for 75 minutes hmm. and so nobody, so, and the, the clock is really for, for Peter and myself because, uh, as musicians, we love to get bogged down <laughs> right. or, 
or we love, you know, that, that zeroed in focus that, that we get when yeah. you go, just, I just need one more take, or this is so captivating. I think I'm going to sit here for 12 hours without eating. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and we find that that's the sort of thing that comes over musicians and we can't stop. So the, the clock just helps us to keep moving. Uh, and, and also I think, uh, tries to program out that that thing that can happen in classrooms where teachers gravitate to the strongest or the weakest students. Uh, and so we use that as, as a way of trying to help us to make sure that we are giving everybody as much attention as we possibly can. So, and, and, uh, so that means that nobody ever has to do anything in our classroom for more than 20 minutes. Hmm. So, uh, so you get five minutes to come in uh, and, and prepare. Uh, find out what your first rotation is going to be. And then we do three 20 minute rotations. And typically that might, and that, and you would do all of the things that you would need to do uh, to get your gig ready. So to give you an example, uh, we use Aurelia and musician uh, to give us the background. So you, whatever song we're playing, we need to understand uh, the musicianship behind it. So Aurelia and musician can be fantastic for decentralizing that, uh, that I guess what, what's commonly known as the theoretical component. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that, so you might do that for 20 minutes to find out uh, what, what the, the theory and oral component is of what you're doing. Uh, then typically we'll have some sort of note flight uh, thing that's going on. Maybe you're writing something in note flight or for our senior students particularly, uh, they arrange their work and uh, prepare charts and, uh, and so forth using note flight. Uh, we do, like I said, we do background research. That that's uh, our students. Uh, we have this saying: "What would Ken Burns do?" Uh, you would be <laughs> familiar with with Ken. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, what would Ken Burns do? So, our students make documentary films in their bands, uh, giving the background to uh, to whatever whatever we're studying at the time, whatever the context is. Uh, and then we have this uh, beautiful thing where the students watch each other's videos and uh, we have the People's Choice Awards. And this is going on uh, every fortnight or every month. So they're the kind of things that the students do sitting in the green room. Uh, and you can see that, that if it wasn't for technology uh, like Music First uh, and, and like the Google suite, uh, then it would be a very different classroom. So technology really is the thing that makes this possible i guess the other amazing piece of technology is is the silent rehearsal uh and so well everything we do in our in our room uh is through headphones mm -hmm. uh, so that means that we can we can have essentially we can have eight eight rock bands playing at the same time uh without bothering anybody so that's a that's a beautiful thing as well so that's the that's it in a nutshell so there, there are places places where you come and learn the background to the task you're doing. Uh, and then at other times, oh, so every 20 minutes, that timer will tick over. Students will look up. And if you'd been sitting down uh, working on your computer, then it's time to stand up and play. So we always have a back to the green room for 20 minutes and then off to a performance space uh, and play for 20 minutes. So it's a, it's a very active classroom. So I have uh, a couple more questions. I, I know that, you know, we talked about what we would talk about. I just am so fascinated by your program and I, I, I really can't stress that enough. Um, 
the two other things that I remembered, Brad, were that there was a peer mentoring component uh, where there were older students mixed in with the younger. Is that, am I remembering that yeah. correctly? And, and what, is, what is that? Maybe you could talk to us about what that peer mentoring component is. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So we teach, uh, we teach in stages rather than in year-based groups. So we teach, uh, we teach year nine and 10 at the same time, year 11 and 12 at the same time. Uh, and we teach all of our music, uh, which used to be, we used to teach year seven discreetly and then year eight, but we've managed to work out, uh, how we can, so we teach, I think 200 hours of music to year seven now. So year seven is the only group that, that isn't paired with an older grade, but, uh, even from year seven, uh, each band has a band leader and the band leader's role is massive. It's a beautiful thing to see. So the band leader is responsible for the uh, the health of the band. So they take on all sorts of, uh, they're, they're an intermediary. They're probably, uh, they're, they're, they're a, an intermediary between the teacher who's probably more like a venue owner. I guess that's more <laughs> of our role, venue owner, concert producer, uh, record producer. So we have an interaction with the with the band leaders and then they filter that through to their people. So that's a beautiful thing. That and that band leader position rotates throughout the year, so everybody has a shot at being a band leader, which puts them in great, great uh, shape for our, our year nine and ten class. So we we teach them together, and the year nines are inducted into our class, where the year tens are the leaders, and so they've been through the program, and they induct the year nines, and then and so forth and so on. But it, I think my favorite thing is when we get to our, our senior years, the year 11 and 12s, uh, we say to the year 11s, your job is to watch the year 12s do their final exams. Uh, and and uh, in Australia, typically our students perform uh, for, their, for their, we call it the HSC. It's, uh, I don't know, it's the way you graduate from, from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our students perform. So we say to our year 11 students, we want you to watch them for the next year, uh, keep what they did right and discard what they did wrong. So we've been doing that for several years now. And uh, one of the things I hate the most about starting new, a new year typically has been that inertia. We have to say, all right, here's how we do things around here. So by teaching uh, two year groups in the same space, you don't have to do that anymore because they already know. Uh, so that's that's been beautiful. It's also wonderful that the year eleven students perform with the year twelve students on their on their major exam as well. So uh, sometimes our year tens as well. So our students have two or three shots at doing their final performance. So and and they're also I should say they're also doing it on the same stage that they've been performing on since they were in year seven. Uh, so it's we call it another day at the office but it's a really beautiful day. <laughs> it sure is. And, and the, 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 the last question and then we'll, we'll, I uh, may actually, that's not true. There's a, a bunch more, but um, how many, how long is it? So let's go back to the kid when they, when they're welcome to show business and here's a, okay, clarinet player, here's a guitar, here's a drum set. How long of a, of a time period is it between that introduction to the instrument and them learning you know, the instrument, the repertoire, and the actual performance. How long, what is the time period between beginning to I'm on a stage playing and, and for people? 
Uh, it's very short. Yeah, it's very short. Uh, it's it's about so we. Uh, I guess I guess uh, we used to do a year seven program, and then year eight, the entire year was was the history of rock and roll. It's a little different now, and because we're doing the history of everything uh, from the Baroque to the two thousand and six, uh, we start off. Well, I guess okay. So when we start our, this is really hard to explain without yeah. uh, without pictures and videos. Uh, so let's say, for example, you're learning how uh, you're learning an Elvis Presley tune uh, when, when we do Welcome to Fifty the Fifties. Uh, you would have twenty minutes of uh, video instruction, uh, and then you would have twenty minutes in a in a room with your bandmates, and you would have twenty minutes with a teacher uh, working on stage with you, and that's it. <laughs> so, and then you're uh, playing yeah that's uh, the gig that's awesome that's awesome so, <laughs> I love it. yeah that's the gig uh and and i think one thing that that we're really keen at is avoiding what the motown musicians called the rigor mortis or they shortened it to the rig and we find that students really love fresh and new so rather than playing the same song for a long time we play similar songs for a short time right uh we just keep that momentum going uh, because we find that teenagers particularly the younger teenagers typically but not always say uh, we played that song last week you know and i think traditionally music teachers would say yeah we played it fairly poorly last week so let's perfect the song um and so you get that oftentimes the rigor mortis sets in and the law of diminishing returns comes in and, and whilst the teacher's getting excited because the performance is getting better, the students are getting less excited. Right, right. So we just try to keep it quick. And uh, so we might not necessarily do the greatest version of uh, each one of the songs, but we certainly do it with vim and vigor. Right. Well, Brad, I'm looking at the clock and realizing that the time is flying by and I only have a time for uh, a couple of more questions. And, and I'm, I'm fat. Before I, before I forget, is there, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times, you just have to see this place. Is there a website that our listeners could go to to learn about uh, your program a little more? Uh, well, let's, yeah, maybe we take that offline and we can see if we can put some links together uh, for them. Perfect. Perfect. I'll do that. Um, then the other question is what advice would you give to a music teacher listening to this? Who's just as excited as I was when I met you to get something like this started in their school. Uh, I would start, start small. Uh, for me, I, I just do, I guess I've just followed my gut. You know, that there's a, there's that thing about, uh, sound before symbol that that whole notion of of learn the music and then learn learn to read for me it was uh teach then learn how to be a teacher so i'm a phd candidate now and i i, I read uh i read deep things about philosophies and pedagogies and and, and all of that but really the, the way this program developed was just doing how doing education the way i understand it so I would just say to people, look at the people you have in front of you, look at what you have inside of you and put those together. Uh, and, but do it one step at a time. <laughs> mm. 
That's great. That's fantastic advice. And so, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about what you're doing with Music First, Aurelia, Musician, and Note Flight. Are there other programs that you're using? Because you're using it uh, differently than we use them here in the States. You're using them as part of uh, this beautiful Moodle, Moodle site that you created. Is there any other software you're using with the kids? Yeah, we love Focus on Sound uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, we're particularly excited about uh, the new pro features that allow teachers to reconfigure yep. so, uh, yeah uh, we've been we've been working and hounding Simon Foxall for <laughs> for for some time he's been fantastic in yeah. fact all of the, all of the guys uh, at music first have been so helpful and so responsive uh, and and we've been given such wonderful access to people who can make a difference at music first it, it's been incredible if I think about uh, rising software the people who make musician and Aurelia We've been working with them really closely to uh, to, to tweak uh, Note Flight as well. Have been wonderful, and uh, so it's, it's just really great to be able to say to developers, "Hey, what if?" We couldn't help but notice that we've got this blockage or there's some friction right. here. Or, right. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, it's, it's been really wonderful. So we're really excited about because I, th I think. The, the value, there's so much value in music first, but one of the things I get really excited about is just being able to tweak and, and being able to hack the, the software so right. or, or reconstitute things. And so I'm really excited about what's going on. Well, if you could wave a magic wand uh, and, and, and either create something brand new or have our products do something that it doesn't do right now, what would it be, Brad? Uh, that's that's a, a podcast in itself because uh, people who know me know that I lie in bed at night and send out vibes to the universe for things that I need to be invented. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. But I think uh, what it, I, I love the collaborative nature of of Google Docs. Mm. What what if there was and, and I and I keep sending out vibes to Note Flight and and, and I often hear people say, you know, it's like Google Docs for such and such. So what if we could, uh, we could have that Google kind of collaborative thing across, across the music first suite? I think that would be really cool. Yeah, it sure would. That's oh, a great also, idea. Also, I think it's pretty close to rocket science though, right? It, it is, but it's, uh, it's a fantastic. I mean, we love some of our software does collaboration really, really well, and some of it, it doesn't. Uh, so it, it, we, I will definitely chat. Brad, you carry a lot of weight around here at Music First, so I'll chat with our developers and see what we can do. Um, no, I'll keep sending the vibes out. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're picking them up all this way away. <laughs> So uh, in, in closing, Brad, again, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. I, I think um, what I'll do is I'll post, uh, for those listening, I'll post links uh, that Brad and I were discussing earlier in the description of this podcast so that you can find out a little bit more. Brad, I'm going to be in Sydney again in June. I hope to see you there. Uh, when I'm over and, and I, if I, if there's any way I can swing a trip up and visit and spend a little more time with you and Peter and your fabulous students, uh, I, I look forward to seeing you soon. Fantastic, Jim. You're always welcome. Can't wait to see you. Excellent. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, 
please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.